you know, when we were squeezing your hand in the hospital, it was like, (laughs) squeeze my hand if you think you're the funniest guy I'm making chips. (laughs) But I think when people squeeze your hand now with the bionic hand, it's going to have like a little shock in it. I know you. I know you're going to put some sort of trick in there. Hey, Metalworking Nation, Jason Zenger here. I have a special announcement for exhibitors at IMTS 2024. Can you believe it's going to be here soon? Plan to be at McCormick Place in Chicago for the IMTS Exhibitor Workshop on January 30th and the 31st, 2024. The Exhibitor Workshop is created to help IMTS exhibitors execute their most successful show and is free to all IMTS 2024 exhibitors. Did I say free? Here is what you can expect. Network with IMTS 2024 partners. Get your questions answered by leaders of AMT and IMTS. Take a tour of McCormick Place. Find out what's new for IMTS 2024. They haven't even told me that yet. Attend special workshops. Again, this is free. Register at imts.com slash workshop. Again, imts.com slash workshop. Join us in Chicago on January 30th to make the extraordinary possible at IMTS 2024. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts. Let's make some chips. Nick, where have you been? I've been had an eventful time. Yeah, it's been to it's been a couple least. months since we've got to hear your voice or anybody else's. Yeah, I think it's been, I don't know, five, six episodes since I was on yeah. one. So I'm around, I'm okay. We've been uh, really excited to pilot like the new shows and initial response from Making Sparks has been really good. But yeah, at the end of the day, people turn into making chips. So, um, well, we had a little distraction. I think, I guess we're kind of get into here, right? Yeah. Yeah. We'll tell a story. I know one of us isn't here right now and that's probably the one they haven't heard from for the longest. So we'll say what happened with Jason. We've had a really impactful episode ahead. So quite the story to tell. Ready to just dive in. I don't think there's any yeah, I don't think easy way to start. There's really not. So. so on December 7th, I think it was around two o'clock in the morning, something like that. Jason had a massive heart attack, 100% blockage, what they call a widow maker. He took one as bad as you can take. I think they, he had coded on the table several times and they did CPR for several hours. Yeah. So his wife found him and he was like kind of calling out like, oh, I'm not feeling good. And boom, ambulance and get to the hospital and yeah, two hours of CPR. I've never heard of anything like that. And honestly a miracle that he even made it to the hospital. Like that's the first miracle in the story. We're going to have a lot of other ones to tell, but like people don't really survive heart attacks. Like I think one of the impactful things that I saw just in that first step was the way you just said, I mean, the fact that he even made it right. Mm -hmm. Everybody that knows Jason, if you spent time close with Jason, for sure, you know this, but even if you listen to making chips, you probably gather this. Jason's an incredibly healthy man. I mean, he worked out, I think, nine times a week or something. And that's not an exact. <laughs> Half the time we'd be on a call with him, he'd be like, huffing yeah, like, dude, what are you doing? Nine <laughs> times isn't even an exaggeration, right? He'd do yeah. cardio and weights in one day, three or four days a week type thing. 
ate well. Right, right. I mean, just everything's incredibly healthy, except for the fact that he had a heart attack, <laughs> right? Yeah. The thing is, though, he made it, and it was because he's so healthy. Yeah, and we'll Most get into some of the, the crazy, miraculous reasons that he made it, you know, even stuff that's beyond his control. But let's let's pick up for, like, us finding out. Okay, okay. so I got a text, you got a text, probably at, like, the same time on December 8th. Yep. I'm sitting in the middle of our annual planning meeting, right? December. 8th. So actually that text was nine o'clock in the morning after the two o'clock in the morning heart attack. So it was still on the seventh. It was still December. Yeah. 7th, right. And I just remember I'm in this annual planning meeting and I get a text from, or I get a call from Jason's phone and I just like was busy. So I just hit the, I'll call you back thing. And then I get a text from Amanda. It's like, Hey, there's been an emergency with Jason. Give me a call when you can. And that's when I was like, okay, this is, something I need to like leave this meeting immediately and call her back. So what were you doing? When same you- thing. I was in our, one of our production meetings, probably like you said, about the same time. And I didn't get a call first, but I got a text that said, Mike, it's Amanda. Call me when you can. It's about Jason. So same thing. I was like, okay, well, I, this is not an after the meeting phone call. <laughs> I left the meeting and immediately called back. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I hear the whole story from her and I'm just like, oh man, this is not good. And I try to like go back into the meeting and I was pretty emotional from it all. Because at the time, we didn't know. We had no idea right. what could happen. And we just knew it wasn't good. Right. We just knew, like, this is not a really positive situation at all. There's not a lot to be optimistic about at this point. Yeah, and Amanda was so, real clear about that. And it was scary. It was a scary phone call. So then you and I called each other. And we're like, dude, did you just get that text? Like, did you get that call? So, man, I just remember you being So we like, spent, what, the next hour trying to uh, coordinate when we would both land in Nashville from two separate yeah. locations. You're like, I'm leaving. I'm like, me too. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Just trying to figure out when we could get there. And I think it was a little bit easier for you because you had direct flights. I had to make a couple of connections that were tight, but yeah, but we made it there. Yes. Yeah, so we got there and we're sitting outside kind of just waiting, give Amanda a hug. And, and you just like, it's just hard. You know, you put yourself, if it was my spouse, if it was Brittany, you know, and I was in Amanda's shoes. I just like, can't, I don't even want to really imagine it. I spent too much time imagining like, well, what if it was my wife? And we're like just trying to be there for her and everything is so uncertain at the time. And I just got to say like, Amanda is incredible. Oh, she is a rock. I mean, 10 times more. Has been through this whole thing. That first 24 hours, I was blown away at how strong she was through this. Yeah, whole world yeah, was turned upside was, down in an instant. She's there like, not just like strong emotionally, but she's just like <laughs> procedural, you yep. know, documenting all the notes. Like, I don't want to forget what they say. I want to know what the next step is. I want to know exactly where he's at, what the, what the scenario is. And and she did such a good job for everybody that loves Jason, because you got like a play by play, like you're watching the news of like where, right. what's going on with this crisis. And so like she kept it all in notes. And then eventually that turned into something called Caring Bridge, which is like a really cool website. Yeah, we need to share that. Yeah. So we'll share that. Basically, if people want to follow along and see everything that happened, there's a link. And if you got somebody who's got an emergency healthcare situation, people can access that link and then they can kind of control the news that comes out. So we'll share that. I actually remember in that first day, two days that we were over there, someone brought that up to her, I think that first night. She says, oh, no, 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 I I don't want to do that right now. And, And then it was the next day. You know, I think it's kind of a testament to how many people love Jason around that found out fairly quickly because they work for him or they, whatever the case might be, friends, neighbors, family. 
the volume of people wanting to know what was going on was absolutely overwhelming because, you know, if you know Jason, it's hard not to like the guy and care yeah. about him. No, exactly. So, exactly. yeah, the Caring Bridge, I think, was a great outlet and her writings on there are beautiful. She's so good in informing you and asking for support and prayer. And it's been, I know several people that don't know Jason have started following it and have been inspired by both of them. I mean, their faith, both Amanda and Jason, is like what carried them through this emotionally. And you see that as you go through the Caring Bridge site. Yeah. So, so all right, let's get into the second miracle. I mean, there's so many more miracles than just the three we're going to put in this episode. But from that initial time, you know, you and I were there for a few days and then we saw Jason make like incremental progress. We left feeling a lot better than when we first got there. We left and you and I were both like, Jason's going to make it. We think Jason's going to make yeah, it. Yeah, I would agree that first 24 hours we were there, it was very scary. And I know you and I went to dinner that first night and like we laughed, we cried, we prayed, we enjoyed some good whiskey yeah. <laughs> and we sat there and they like pretty much kicked it. Well, they did kick us out of the restaurant because we were there for so long, but it was scary. That was a really scary time. And then when I left another 24 hours later, I honestly, I left there thinking, I think Jason's going to be okay. I got a long journey. And I think, you know, I mean, that's what you're saying. Let's talk about kind of that next stage of the journey. Well, and Amanda was so awesome being, we were real optimistic and she was kind of like, Hey, we're hopeful and we're praying, but like by no means is he out of this. Right. And one of the things that he needed was a heart transplant. Yep. And what we were trying to figure out, does he need a heart transplant? And not just like, does he need a heart transplant? But like, is he going to be qualified for yeah. a transplant, to receive a transplant? So he had to show a certain level of recovery, a certain level of physical fitness, because, you know, you're not going to do a heart transplant if it's not going to work, right? So they want to be confident that this heart transplant is going to a, a good candidate. And I think the first time they looked at it, he wasn't ready. And then a few days later, he passed all the tests, right? right? Now the next step is like, okay, you're on the list and you got to find a match. And here's miracle number two. Less than 24 hours after getting on the list, they found him a match. Yeah. Yeah. It was that quick. It was, I don't even know if it was 24 hours. Yeah. It was within 24 hours. And like, this has to be a live thing, right? They don't have like frozen hearts just waiting (laughs) for transplant. So yeah, I mean, obviously somebody didn't make it and their heart was a match for Jason and Usually these surgeries take like six to eight hours. And then after that, you got to like wait for the new heart to start beating. Jason was done in two and a half hours and his heart started beating like right away. (laughs) Nick, we haven't talked about this. I remember that night. So the surgery was going to be at 2.30 in the morning or something. And I was actually west. I was traveling. So for me, it was going to be 1.30 in the morning. And I remember thinking, okay, well, by the time I wake up, he might be getting close to out of surgery. And then maybe we'll hear something by middle of the day. And I didn't sleep real well that night. I kind of kept looking at the clocks like, oh, he's, okay, he's going into surgery now. And, but I did fall asleep. Maybe it was kind of after the surgery. I remember I did kind of settle down and fall asleep after I knew the surgery was probably started. And I wake up like three hours later to a text that it's done. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? How is that yeah, possible? So- Probably as you were going to sleep, I was waking up because I was able to get to sleep fine, but I set an alarm for 2 a.m. because I wanted to wake up and pray for him like right as he went into surgery. And yeah, like, so I woke up, I was able to get back to sleep pretty well, but I woke up in the morning and it was like, yeah, surgery was a success. Everything went great. (laughs) Yes. Praise God. Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah, there's been so many, I call them God winks through this whole thing. Yeah. And we're talking about kind of some high level miracles, but 
I mean, really, if we sat down and talked about this whole story for two hours, the audience would probably be overwhelmed with everything that just went right. And it's impossible for that to happen without these little Godwings. Yeah, yeah. So, like, here's the third big miracle that we're going to talk about in the episode. But like you said, there's probably 20 or more. Jason's surgeon told him after he was in recovery that basically there's two hospitals that have the equipment, the technology, the expertise to, like, all the things that kept him alive. And those two hospitals are Vanderbilt, which is where he was, and Duke. That's amazing. That's awesome. He was 10 minutes away from one of them. To me, this is the crazy part. Jason's deciding to move away from Chicago last year, and his two choices are North Carolina (laughs) and Nashville. Where's Duke at? (laughs) Right. So, yeah, to me, it's just like, you know, everything happened for a reason and according to God's plan for his life. And yeah, so he's like, he's out of surgery. He's going through a recovery and he's just getting stronger and stronger. We were talking mostly to Amanda and then a little bit like being able to talk with him. And then over time, it's been like, hey, we're talking to him more and more. And yeah, we're just so excited that what was it last week he was able to return home? Oh, yeah. So January 7th. That is a month to the day from the day it happened. Or January 19th. January 19th. Okay. Yeah. On January 7th, he was able to get out of the ICU. So you just see like this incremental progress. And yeah, man, like it's just. Nick, it's funny. I got to tell you a little side story. When you say, you know, like we were talking to Amanda and we talked about how powerful Amanda has been through this whole thing. I think it was last week or something. Jason called me and we had missed a connection or something. And I ended up calling her and he called her and she texted him back. Hey, I'm talking to Mike. And anyway, (laughs) he's like. I called you and you called my wife back. I was like, well, I miss talking to her. (laughs) She'd been so good through all of this. I mean, sometimes I wanted to talk to her, not Jason. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Even my wife like was sitting there waiting for updates and my wife and Amanda were able to to talk over speaker. Yeah. And she's my wife's just like so inspired. by. Oh, you couldn't. Definitely got a lot closer with her. through. Oh, for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. So fast forward. Right. So January. What did you say? January 19th. Yeah. On the 7th, he walked himself from the ICU (laughs) to the step down unit. And he's probably the only one who's ever done that. And then on the 19th, they're able to bring him home. And they followed him around with a wheelchair because no one's ever done that. Right. And I think (laughs) what they say his comment was, well, let's just see what I can do. Yeah. Yeah. Typical. Right. So, yeah, then he's home. You know, Jason's at home. He's home and he's sounding good. He's got a few hurdles, right? I mean, there's still some issues with, I think, some kidneys that he's shared that potentially there's a kidney transplant in his future. There's some issues with his extremities, like with some fingers and so forth, as far as losing blood flow, but he's got a great attitude. And I know in talking to him, he's so anxious to get back to the Metalworking Nation. We got to give him a try. Yeah, let's see if we can call up a fourth miracle here and get Jason. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I'll shoot him a text here and we'll try to get him on this new Zoom recording that we're trying out here. So that'd be great if he could join us. Yeah, let me just get him on. Jason. Jason. (laughs) He's good. I love it. Hey, guys. Oh, man. How cool is that? (laughs) In the flesh, back from the dead. Thank you. Appreciate it. A little skinnier than I was before, but you know, I'll get that back. Good to see you guys. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, the audience is probably super happy to hear you. Yeah. Voice. I know Mike and I have been able to talk to you, but no one's heard from you on the Making Chips side. Honestly, like you two have been such a blessing to me through this whole process. I mean, like, Nick, I know you're praying for me multiple times a day, and you're Rock Prayer Warrior, and Mike, you've been just indispensable in helping me keep it together and helping my wife keep it together and taking care of things in the background. And, you know, I love you guys and I really appreciate everything that you've done. And I've got so much confidence that making chips is going to be bigger and better by the time I get back. Don't make me cry on the first Zoom, dude. (laughs) Right. They're not used to video. (laughs) As I tell people, 
<laughs> it's funny because from the very beginning, I've been calling this the meat grinder that I've been through. And every time a doctor or new nurse reads my charts, they're like, you shouldn't be here. Like, this doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, I know, but here I am. And I'm already back at home too. So it's just, it's amazing. The best and the worst thing that's ever happened to me. But you guys are making it happen. My team is stepping it up. I mean, like I told them, I was like, just make the company bigger and better by the time I get back and I'm not going to be there. So it's been amazing. And shout out to Mike Ruge, who's he's been on some past episodes of making chips. And it's been the best and the worst thing that's happened to me. That's all I got to say about it. Yeah. The best and the worst thing. <laughs> right. I don't know if I've told you this before, but through this, I've talked a lot with your company. Of course, Nick and I have talked a lot. I've talked to a lot of people in the metalworking nation that I mean, obviously, this is kind of the first time this is being discussed publicly, but there's been private conversations. And I think what I'd want you to know from talking to all these different people that are in your life from different perspectives is everybody loves you. Everybody's oh, praying for you. You're going to make me cry. So, I mean, everybody is stepping up and they want to support you however they can so that you can worry about your recovery. You can move on to this next phase of your life and what, however it's going to look different. Right. Yeah. I appreciate that. And however long it takes you to get back into the daily grind. You've built a lot of respect over your careers. Everybody's <laughs> really, really behind you. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, it's and I love you guys and I love the metalworking nation. I love this industry and I'm really looking forward to get back. One of the complications of what happened to me is that I'm probably going to lose most of my fingers. So just because of like blood flow that went to them and my goal is to come back to IMTS. So look for the guy with the bionic hand <laughs> so or bionic hands. So, and I already told my kids, like, I'm going to be the coolest dad in school with the robot hands. So that's the goal. So look for me there. It's my goal to get Tony back Stark. to yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be awesome. And coincidentally, it's funny because, Mike, you showed those bionic hands to Paul Van Meter. Yep. And of course, the company that makes them is a client of ProShop. So, yeah, it's great. Yeah. So he's trying to hook me up. I want to kind of like maybe be a test subject for them in the future, or maybe get some cool like anodized fingers or something like that. So the way you got to look at this is like the old Jason is dead. And I can't look back and say, oh, what was me? Like, I used to have hands. I used to have a different heart. I used to have my own kidneys. It's just like, here's where I'm at now. And I've got goals ahead of me. And my goal is to get rid of the dead fingers and get a, the new bionic hand on there. My goal is to get back to doing push-ups and sit-ups and squats and stuff like that. It's like, you got to look forward. You got to be positive. There's no other way to look at it. Because if you're going to woe is me about how you used to be, you're going to get nowhere. I mean, really. Yeah. Well, so, And Jason, I'm going to follow up on that just a little bit. You said something in there that I came to a realization of a couple of weeks ago, right after your heart transplant. And Amanda had made a beautiful post about your old heart and your new heart. And we right. driving home that day, and I thought, you know, we talk about someone's heart, right? Mm -hmm. And you don't have a new heart. You have a new pump, <laughs> a physical muscle, true. right? Yeah. But when we talk about someone's heart in so many aspects of our lives, we talk about their caring and their giving and their attitude. Yeah, who they are. And that's no different with you, I can tell, right? Like you still have yeah. this amazing heart that is exposed to the world. And I think if anything, maybe it is new and that you just, you have a, obviously a different outlook on things that you're right. You know, it's not going to change your giving and you're helping other people and all that. And anyway, I just, I had thought about that when she made that. No, post. that's beautiful. I love it. And I would say you don't have a new heart. You have the same heart in the sense that we talk about hearts. You just have 
muscle to do it with. Yeah, love it. Totally love agree. It. And you're still educating <laughs> manufacturing leaders. We're going to talk after we cut off this call with you about all the lessons we've learned that we can apply to like our actual businesses beyond the like beyond the yeah that'd be great lessons like just your perspective dude your attitude about all of this like i've seen it in your faith i've seen it in your oh yeah just god's with me through this like it's so inspiring man yeah i was like oh man how's he doing is he okay thank you he's great great. (laughs) like when you talk to him (laughs) and what you talk about be woe is me you know I've got a new outlook on stupid crap I'm worrying about sure. from day to day. It's like, hey, Jason's got a smile on yep. his face and a positive attitude. His voice is uplifting <laughs> every time I talk to him. And what I'm going through right now isn't anything compared to what he's battling. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Perspective. Exactly. All right. Well, I better run. I'm pretty tired. need to go take a nap and refuel. Go ahead and share that Carrying Bridge website with the Metalworking Nation. And if they want to really get into the details of what I went through, you know, my wife did a lot of beautiful writing. So go ahead and share that. She did. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. We'll share it on social media and in a email newsletter that we send out. And one question before you go. So like, you're still the same Jason and you're still a big clown. Okay. Right. You know, when we were squeezing your hand in the hospital, it was like, (laughs) squeeze my hand if you think you're the funniest guy I'm making chips. (laughs) (laughs) But I think when people squeeze your hand now with the bionic hand, it's going to have like a little shock in it. I know you. I know you're going to put some sort of trick in there. So. Nice. Love you, man. Hey, get some rest. Love you, guys. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, Metalworking Nation. Jason Zenger here. Do you know I operate on NetSuite, the ERP when you need one source of truth for all of your data, your CRM, your accounting, your operations, everything. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. 36,000, 25, and 1. 36,000, that's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind. So you get customized solution for all of your KPIs in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage your risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need all in one place. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com chips. That's netsuite.com slash chips to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash chips. Do it now. How about that, Mike? (laughs) We were able to talk to Jason, get him back on the show. It'll probably be the first time for a while that the Metalworking Nation hears from him on the podcast. But yeah, he's going to share a LinkedIn post. There's going to be a lot of ways where you can touch base with Jason for sure. I know from talking to him the last several weeks, he's, I mean, he loves the Metalworking Nation, right? He's obviously put so much time and effort into making chips and the relationships he's built through that. And I know he's anxious to get back to it. But and I think you and I both have been like, Jason, slow down. Like, it's okay. We got this covered. You focus on recovery right now. So I'm sure we'll be still trying to hold him back a little bit so that he can focus on what he needs to focus on. But I bet you we'll hear from him quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of other guys and guys and girls who have been connecting with Jason and just encouraging him and 
One that comes to mind is Matthew from Making Sparks. He's been a part of this. Paul, Drew, Crow, Paul from Pro Shop. Like, what an impactful thank a machinist. Right. Come on. <laughs> Jason's like, hey, these are the hands that I might be using or procuring, whatever you yeah. call it. And he's like, what do you think of this? And then Paul's like, that's a Pro Shop. Right. Plan. They use my software. Paul was sitting in my office last week when that happened. And it was like, what a small world. I mean, mean, obviously, Paul's got a lot of customers, so maybe it's not that much of a miracle, but it certainly seems like a great connection to make. Yeah, that's definitely a thank a machinist thing for sure in the future. So let's dig into some takeaways, like just what you and I have learned and what anyone listening, any other manufacturing leaders can take away from this whole ordeal. And the first one that you and I listed when we were talking about this episode is Take care of your health. We've talked about it a lot. Yeah. What does that have to do with making chips? What does it have to do with being a manufacturing leader? Your physical fitness, your physical health has a lot to do with your ability to lead others. I'm not like Jason. I don't get this right. But at the same time, like I feel a difference. The healthier I am, the more energy I have and people I think can, can say. Yeah. And I mean, it's so easy too to say, but Jason did. And look what happened, right? Like, I mean, Jason yeah. seriously is one of the most physically fit people I know. And committed to that. And a matter of fact, would hound me three days a week prior to this about, have you gone to the gym today? And he knew the answer was yeah. no. <laughs> but Jason's got but he's going to give me a hard time about it. <laughs> right, right. Just because he cares. Yeah, he would you. send me these new health plans or, you know, fitness plans and so yeah, forth that I should try. Same here, yeah. But even though, obviously, still things can go wrong, but it's shape he was in that allowed him to survive. Yeah. And that's what you and I talked about the whole time. Cause we knew like how this is going to hit Jason, man, I put so much into my health and fitness. And like, this happens to me. We were encouraging him when we talked to him, like it's all for a reason. And you probably wouldn't have recovered as fast as you did. And you probably wouldn't have even made it to the hospital and all these other things that wouldn't have happened if he wasn't in that state physically. So absolutely. Absolutely. Now, let me say one thing with that too, though. So And Nick, I know I've bugged you about this and I've kind of been on this new mission with people I know to bring it to their attention. But so a year ago, matter of fact, almost exactly a year ago, I went in, I paid $99 at my local hospital for a cardiac calcium scan. It looks for buildup in your arteries that maybe you need to be concerned about. I don't remember the scale that it judges you on, but it's like, say it's from zero to 600, right? And if you score in the this percentile, like no big deal. If you're in this percentile, maybe you need a medication. If you're in this percentile, we need to go see a cardiologist. If you're in this percentile, we're having surgery this afternoon. <laughs> and while that's not going to solve everything, and it may or may not have picked up Jason's deal, it's another check, right? So the point of that is even if you are healthy and you're 46 years old, or in your case, you know, another 10 years young, there are things you can do out there to go be preventative. I did that test a year ago, scored very well. I felt better, if nothing else, just knowing there was a a lower risk of that. So find these things, find opportunities to improve your knowledge of your health. Absolutely. I think that leads perfectly into the next lesson, because this is an area where you've... Yeah, so this is the one I'm most passionate about. Because no matter what you do, like there's some stuff that you just can't control. You can try to live in a bubble, be perfectly healthy, and you just... We don't control the future. So the other one I've been bugging people I care about, I've been bugging you weekly, I think for seven weeks now, along with 15, 20 other people, go get your state plan taken care of, especially the metalworking nation, the leaders out there. You have so many people that depend on you. You have your family, you have your employees, you have a community that depend on you and what you've built, right? And what you're continuing to build. And something like this can happen and it could just go haywire, 
And oddly enough, Jason and I had talked a lot about his just in two peers talking about how we've handled things in our lives. Jason had done a lot. We were able to button some things up for him through this and he almost needed it. Now you never would have guessed that very, very healthy 46 year old man was going to need that estate plan, but he came as close as anybody ever going to come to needing it. You think about these things in like you, a movie scene of some hundred year old man. Right. Get his will done right away. You but know, it could but, be a car accident. And you've seen plenty of horror stories where people didn't have sure. it sorted out and then just creates all sorts of confusion and conflict and drama. And, you know, everyone has different interpretations of what their intentions are with their estate. Why don't we just get this done so it's really yeah. And we as leaders, right, we have a responsibility, of course, to our families, right, to make sure that they're taken care of. But, I mean, I take it serious that I also have a responsibility to everybody that works for me, right? To make sure that the business is taken care of and that there's a plan there that their paychecks and their livelihoods continue if something happens to me. And a good think through and execution of your estate plan can take care of those things. Go do it. It's quick. It's easy. It's relatively inexpensive. And a few people I've talked to, they're like, yeah, I've been putting that off. And it's just awkward to have to talk about these things. And what if I die? I don't want to talk about it. No, it's terrible. I remember I put mine off forever. I did it about eight or nine years ago and felt so much better when it was over. Yeah, it's more Absolutely. awkward if you don't do it Absolutely. for everybody else. So that's a good one. That's a good, really good point. And you are probably I'm going to, I'm going to book the appointment. I'd be, lying. <laughs> I'd be lying if I said I did it already. Oh man. Okay. So let's move into the next one. And you kind of touched on it already. Like you got to have a plan for your business, not just like your wealth and your family, right? And one thing that Jason is a great example of, and I try to imagine like, how would it work without me or without my brother, who's our president? You got to have a team that you can trust to run the company if you can't. If something happens and you can't run the company, hopefully you've built that leadership team underneath you, regardless of if you're the president or the owner, or if you're like me, if you lead a function like the sales and marketing function of our business, if you lead the engineering function or the operations function, whatever, you never know, like something could happen to you, maybe leave the world. So maybe you're out for two months. But I think one of the signs of a great company is you've got a, a team of people who can carry the torch and it doesn't feel like everything falls apart without you. We've talked about that, or you guys have talked about that in episodes over the years. And yeah, Jason, plenty of times, yeah. you know, frankly, has done an amazing job of that. I mean, it's been a very deliberate effort over the last few years of building an organization like that. As I know, we've talked about, I think in at least a few episodes I've been involved in. Yeah, it's important for this, but if you need another check mark for why it's important, a company that runs itself without the owner your EBITDA multiple just went up if you're in the market to sell, right? So, I mean, it's just yeah. good practice to build that mm-hmm. company to a point where it's okay if anybody leaves, whether it's the owner, whether it's a vice president, whether it's a shop manager. The better a company can run, the more it's worth, but it also allows for it to survive something like this. Yeah, that's a great point. And even making chips. I mean, that's one of the businesses that Jason has. And this is another God wink, as you call it, another miracle. We've been intentionally bringing in guest hosts. We've been intentionally creating new shows under this Making Chips umbrella. We've got Making Sparks. You're hinting at a lot of what you're going to be creating in the future with all these mergers and acquisitions and high-level financial topics and things like that. 
I don't want to spoil it too early, but like we've got a lot of new stuff we're excited about that Mike's going to do. And man, thank God all of those wheels were in motion because when this happened, like what if it was just the Nick and Jason show and we had no one else to help fill in these gaps? Like we have not missed one week since that ordeal. And at this point, we published every week. Had we not had this other model in place, we'd be going on two months without an episode. Yeah, people would think making chips is dead. And it's actually the opposite. Making chips is about to enter into a whole new chapter where, yeah, we just go beyond the core podcast and super excited about all that stuff. So, Well, Nick, it's kind of what we just said about, I guess this kind of just hit me, but we talk about Jason survived because he was healthy. Well, so did his businesses, right? (laughs) Whether it's Zingers, whether it's making chips, they're healthy and growing and they're able to to overcome Mm -hmm. this hurdle just like he was able to overcome his heart attack. Yeah. Yeah. And so like just into the last lesson here before we end the episode, don't take anything for granted. I want to say to our listeners, our friends, the other leaders that I am so thankful for your prayers, your thoughts. Like so many people have reached out to me. Hey, are you doing okay? Do you need me to help with anything? And I just want you guys to know I don't take that for granted. I appreciate every one of you to our sponsors, to our listeners, to our friends, to our guests, to our guest hosts. Just I love you. And I'm so thankful. I don't take that for granted. And I look at I was able to pick this up when I knocked it over. I'm going to go hug my kids. Right. It means more to me now because of all of this. I have like a new perspective because of this happening. Yeah, no, I think you said that beautifully. I mean, I definitely have changed lots of perspective on things since then. I think somebody asked me a question. I don't remember if it was while we were still in Nashville or, or after, or soon after. I knew you and Jason were close. I didn't know you were so close. You would drop everything and fly to Nashville. I didn't either. I mean, I had taken that friendship for granted. I think, you know, I'd taken my friendship with you for granted. And so many people, and I don't anymore. I understand better now how fragile those relationships can be, which I think is one of the unique things that Making Chips has done as I've entered this industry is the relationships and the helping each other and caring that I've seen through all these people I've met, you know, in this industry on a local and national level. I don't take them for granted anymore at all. Yeah. We talked about like family, you know, obviously you've got your blood and then you kind of create yeah, family. Yeah, we had a long that. talk about that. And so we, <laughs> yeah, when we, when <laughs> right. we got kicked out of the restaurant. So, yeah, to our metalworking leaders, our family out there, we just, we appreciate you. This is a different episode. I know you've probably been wondering where the heck is Nick, where the heck is Jason, what's going on here. I want to thank Matthew. These are making Sparks episodes. Kept it going, really hadn't well. he? Yeah, we're excited to, uh, we'll probably branch that off into its own podcast feed for those who are more into that. We'll probably have people who listen in to this and the other podcasts, but we're just really feeling great, actually, all things considered. Nobody wants something like this to happen. But yeah, it's like Jason said, it's the best thing and the worst thing that's happened to him. And in a lot of ways, it's the best thing and the worst thing that's happened to making chips too. So we're looking forward to having him back soon, as soon as it makes sense for him. And we're going to keep on rolling here. So, but yeah, in the meantime, we have some, I think, you know, the metalworking nation is going to get a lot of value out of making chips in 2024. A lot of the things we've talked about over the last few months and kind of stepping up with some different hosts and, you know, of course, making, like you mentioned, making sparks, kind of launching off through that. It's going to be a good year. Mike might have Mike a show. Have you a know, show. Mike's probably going to have a show. <laughs> we got IMTS this year, right? I mean, that's. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be on stage with uh, IMTS always, doing that. Uh, Jason just brought up. Yeah. Apparently he's going to make it there. The doctor told him he couldn't leave Tennessee for a year. And he's like, right. well, I'll see you at IMTS in Chicago. Let's just see what I can do. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, let's just see what I could do. So, all right, guys. Hey, yeah, we love you out there. And only thing we ask, share this with somebody. If someone's been wondering what's going on with Mickey Chips and Jason, share this with them. If you want to leave us a rating or review, whatever, you could also share your thoughts with Jason on that Caring Bridge link that we'll send out in the show notes and in our email if, if you're subscribed to our email newsletter. So with that, Mike, why don't you end it? Why don't you wrap it up with the way we end all of our episodes? If you're not making tips, you're not making money. Bam!